Pokemon Film! I am Bunny Williams, and with me is... I am the Pope in question. My name is Reverend Steve. I am the founder of the Church of Ed Wood, which is an actual thing worth a Google. Episode 294 of the podcast, and I would just like to take this time to say in the beginning, uh, since this is a, sort of like the beginning of the podcast, it's sort of like a hidden part that not everyone will listen to, you won't put this part into its own segment. I don't want to talk about my brother. Okay. Now, I'm not going to mention my brother or any family members. Okay. Your sound is being really weird. It's going very high and very low. Really? Yeah. Uh, uh, what's going on? And, and uh, so the... Uh, okay. How's the sound now? Is the sound good now? Well, say a few things. Hello, my name is Steve, and welcome to the podcast. See, there it's... There it's getting high, and now it's low again. That's odd. Uh, I'm not sure what that is. Can I do a speaker test and microphone test? Why not? Seated pause, do you hear a reply? Suddenly there's like a high-pitched sound that I hear. Yeah. Yeah, like, like when you're talking and I'm not talking, I hear this weird high-pitched noise. through consistent on the face page. Let me, let me, hold on. Let me, let me keep listening. Talking, 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 talking. Keep talking. Say the Pledge of Allegiance or something. Facebook, so yes, it's the oh, okay. But why is it picking? If it's picking you up like that, then we're going to have an echo. Let's just try bringing you. What? Facebook one more time. Let's see how this sounds. This might be okay. Just when I'm calling you. Yes, I need to keep talking so I can hear myself talk into the video. 
Now you're hearing an echo. Now I'm hearing an echo. Okay. Um, I, I'm not sure what the deal is. How about now? now you hearing yourself any better hearing me any better anything like that any uh, uh, uh. So, so let's not talk about your brother. this week did you know did you know because this was news to me that Bill Mooney from Lost in Space was one of the barns of Barnes and Barnes the creators of Fish Heads dude dude I told you that you did yeah. <laughs> That I, I found interesting, and maybe that's where I heard it from. I might have heard it from you. And the second, did you know that pigeons die after sex? Uh, no. After sex with you? After, at least the one I fucked did. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, 
I am Mary, have two children, and at one time was a youth pastor. Oh my god. <laughs> I continue to be a member of a Baptist church. I have not only embarrassed and disappointed myself, I have embarrassed and disappointed my family and friends. I will state that I suffer type 1 diabetes. Yes. And during the game, I heard something about that. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. And it's like, oh, so you got so there's two types of diabetes. There's the diabetes that's not racist. Yeah. And then there's the racist diabetes. And I understand that and I relate to that. Because I have that type of asthma that, you know, I, I have really bad chronic the type of asthma that makes me midgets. Yeah. Midgets and asthma, and it's all there. I can breathe. Don't anyone put on this the house. There's a fucking little green. You know, one of them hung themselves in the background. Somebody kept me with the lines, and the dark side of the moon, we're going to hash this out right now. You know? It's difficult. I imagine in my head, I imagine so many. Oh, I imagine the daily life of Matt Rowan. Yeah. And he's like, oh man, I'm just walking down the street and feeling great. Oh wait, my blood sugar is spiking. I better get some 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 food in me right now. And oh no, Chinese people are crossing the street. love the whole I didn't know that the mic wasn't on that it was that the microphone was on like that not I mean that's not not only is like that not an excuse like all that's telling us is like so you're a disgusting person whenever you think nobody can hear you comments, but in my defense, I thought the microphone was off. Yes. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad. Yeah. That's the, one thing, that's the one thing that I love about Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump did some really good things. Uh, number one, two things that Donald Trump did that are really wonderful. Number one, Donald Trump made Jimmy Fallon lose in the ratings to Stephen Colbert. Yes. That's wonderful. Because it, 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 I remember before the election happened that, that CBS was like, oh man, Stephen Colbert's not doing great in the ratings. Maybe replace him with James Corden. <laughs> And suddenly it's like, oh, well, if I want to hear what's happening on the news, I'm not going to go to the guy.
guy who tussled Trump's hair. Yeah. Like a playful little scamp. I'm gonna go to the guy who was on the Daily Show, so, so, so that's one good thing that Trump did. And number two, uh, Trump made it easier to spot the racist. Yes. Made it so much easier. Because now so many of these racists are just out in the open. It's like, okay, there you are. Yeah. You know, before before Trump came along, it was kind of hard finding all you racist sons of bitches. But now it's really easy. Just look for the red hat. Uh huh. Made it made it easy, much easier to spot, and I do agree that that's a good thing. You know, now we now we know they're there, we can deal with them. But like, you're never gonna get them to say they're racist. You, that, you know, that's what I find funny in the comment sections of these kinds of things, because it's like, well, I'm not racist. No, you just show up and make racist comments. You know, I mean. You can't get fucking David Duke to say he's a racist. You saying you're not a racist has no meaning. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but as, with Trump as their leader, they think all they have to do is say it and it becomes true. Yeah. Yeah. They say it, it's truth. They can be in full-on black-faced and have been in full-on black-faced saying they're not racist. <laughs> yeah, uh, a Ku Klux Klan member in full robes burning a cross will be the first one to tell you, look, I'm not a racist. I just have economic concerns. Yeah. it does so we've so we've got to come back racism with Twinkies I mean that's the that's the only solution if, if we if we have determined that racism is caused by type 1 diabetes then we know that if we jam them full of sugar they'll pass out and shut up Yes. It's like, it's the exact same thing. Racist? Try a ding dong. Yes. You know? Oh, man. I'm so sick of these Mexicans coming over here taking our jobs. Hold on. Hold on a second, Carl. Why don't you try Dolly Madison Singer? Yes. Why don't Exactly. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Except that as a type 1 diabetic, I, I suspect... Huh? Oh, sorry. What? I'm sorry. 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 I'm sor
What? No, never mind. You're two? What? No, no, no. We're two. We're two? Yes. Oh, so we're not the racist kind. No, we're not oh, the racist I, kind. I, 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 was, I was just going to say that I think, I think he might be lying, you know, but that, that he might be lying because we're diabetic too. But no, apparently we just don't have the racist kind. Okay. No, we're type 2 diabetes. What? You don't have the racist kind of diabetes. No. Yes. The non-racist the non kind. <laughs> Dodge that bullet. <coughs> yeah. I want to do an inspirational quote and have it safe. Dodge that bullet, John F. Kennedy. Oh. But yes. But we also learned we also learned something important this week. When white people have a bad day, people die. <laughs> you know what? There's another great commercial, and it's like Dylan Roof slaughtered an entire building full of people. When he was led to jail for the rest of his life, he was hungry. I where did the police take him? Burger King. Yes. just not another blurry photo again. No, no, no. We've got Chris Gaines news. Now, if, if you're listening and you somehow do not know who Chris Gaines is, just shut the fuck up. <laughs> but, okay. So, Chris Gaines is the rock and roll alternate personality of country music superstar Garth Brooks. Yes. Because uh, most of 
on an emotional level. That that's what Chris Gaines means to me. Are you crying? Choking up just a little bit here. <laughs> Games open up for Dewey Cox in '94. Yes. It was amazing. And you know who was in the audience? A young Connor for real before he became a member of uh, the Boys. <laughs> yes. I remember listening to Tony, 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 Tony. Shark Sandwich, good. That's, uh, that's my favorite Spinal Tap album. Yes. Just two words. Uh, cut on that. Uh, that's a good place to end. Hey. Yes. We just had a full podcast to get to. We need to discuss the New York City Marathon. We need to discuss Lake Superior. We need to discuss... Okay. Before we can get to any of that, maybe we need to take a break. Should we take a break? We should take a break. I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pokemon film after this. Oh, break. It's a thing I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I'm not even close to ready for break. I totally zoned there. On the afternoon of March 10th, 2016, an undetermined number of people, oftentimes fluctuating between 2 and 4.5 individuals, were recording a podcast on the internet. Three of them were never seen again. The next morning, the one survivor, Bunny Williams, was picked up on a roadside, blood-caked and screaming church organist. Bunny said he had the number one podcast in hell. The man babbled a mad tale, a vaguely Mexican family in the isolated state of Oklahoma, a film podcast that's only indirectly about films, a filthy podcast that somehow prominently featured young children, then Bunny fell into catatonia. 
Colorado lawmen mounted a five-minute manhunt but could not locate the macabre podcast. No facts, no information, no iTunes account. Officially, on the records, the Pope on film never existed. But over the years, reports of a bizarre grisly podcast have persisted all across the internet. The Pope on film has not stopped. It haunts your Facebook feed. It frightens Twitter. It vaguely jump scares Stitcher. The Pope on film seems to have no end. which really is as bad as pop culture has led you to believe. Yeah. And I, I went into a class and I, that I just randomly picked, and it was like a, a American history in the 20th century, and it was just some random class I picked. And I walk into class, and it was so weird because my brother is four years older than me, so we were hardly ever in class together. We were hardly ever in the same school together. It yeah. was just the period in time where we never saw each other but I walk into class and the first person I see is my brother and we had not talked about this we just accidentally happened to take the same class together yeah and I walk into class my brother's there and he's like holy shit and I'm like holy shit and we took this class and apparently it was the teacher's first time ever teaching a class ever yeah and he had a hard time with the class and what he kept saying over and over again is look we're gonna learn a lot of things we're gonna learn a lot about american history and you're i know what you're gonna do you're gonna take this class and you're gonna do good but then you're gonna forget everything i said you're gonna forget everything i ever taught you but if you remember one thing remember this it's going to be on every test it's going to be the most important thing i'm giving you the answer right now for one question on every test you take in this class. But just remember, the most important thing you can remember is that Albert B. Fall was the Secretary of the Interior during the argument <laughs> the infamous teapot dongle scandal. And and my brother and I looked at each other and said, okay, we're going to have to memorize this. Because apparently, this is the most important thing ever. And it gets it, it and that was like in ninety that was like in the year two thousand. That was like sixteen years ago. Yeah. And he's been like a mirroring forty. And I'm living in Oklahoma and I have a wife and I have kids and I have this managerial job. And every once in a while I'll do story time and I'll go, kids, kids, 
We're going to read a story. It's a Dr. Seuss story. You're going to love it. But first, we get to that. I want to talk about a character that you all love. No, I'm not talking about SpongeBob. I'm talking about Albert B. Fall. You know who that is, kid? You don't? Well, he's only the Secretary of the Interior during the Harding administration who is responsible for the infamous Teapot Dome scandal. <laughs> I keep saying this one fucking... No one has any fucking idea what it means except maybe Professor Sam Schmeeding and my brother. Hi, everybody. My name is Steve, and today we're going to be writing songs for people, random people, at the Home Depot. Hope you like it. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Check out my hair, my hair is awesome. Uh. I'm showing off in a red shirt. I'm showing off in a red shirt. Check me out, I am really awesome and I'm showing off in a red shirt. Later getting something from the trunk. No way does she have her stuff. Did she drop something? No, she's picking up trash. Picking up trash that's on the street. Picking up trash, trash lady. I want to do you all night long. I am normal, I am normal. Conform, conform. I am normal. Check out my shirt. I love khaki shorts, and I'm secretly in love with my best friend and my khaki shorts. Getting in the van, getting in the van, driving away, driving away, driving away in my van. But I'd like for you to pull my red a lot on this that I haven't actually gotten to make a full backing track for. It's called Insect Cities, and it's about uh, someone taking their clothes off at a park and then peeling off their skin. <coughs> anyway. You guys are the redhead zombie crowd, you can, you can handle that. Oh, yeah. Or some of you are. Some of you may not be. I can't see. You took off your clothes in the middle of the grass, and like the fingers of the sun, the light held you in its grasp. You love the wind, you mumbled on a park bench. Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit, you mumbled like a godsend. The peeling backwards of your skin and the slow open of your ribs made the sound of soft wings and crumpled shirt sleeves. Time capsule letter held in between and dropped from hands that now know things, all now slip from memory. Scattered in the weeds grown around the family tree where the tendency runs and almost gallops, your words crashing endlessly into a cluttered pipe dream where you took your clothes because they had become unclean. All this preconceived blood on your sleeve and there are needles in your fever dreams. There are fables in these secret things. Pry wolf and how screams be straight as beauty sleeps. Petals fall as ant hills dream. In such cities just out of reach. Put some clothes on, let's be friends. <laughs> scared? I'm, I'm really, really scared. Really scared. Since 1927, the American Optus Eyeglass Corporation has had one central goal. To provide top class, high quality eyewear. The hot ass chicks disguised as nerdish bookworms. Whether it's Sam Hathaway from the Princess Diaries, 
Rachel Lee Cookie and She Is All That, or Mothra in Destroy All Monsters. The American Optics Eyeglass Corporation is there to further a sexist film trope for cash. Do you know the 1957 Humphrey Bogart classic film The Big Sleep? In that film, Lauren Bacall is a nerdish bookworm with glasses. And who made those glasses? We did. The American Optics Eyeglass Corporation. You're not attractive, you wear glasses. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Yes. Are you ready for another exciting installment of everybody's favorite podcast, The Pope on Film? Are you ready? Are you pumped? Are you amped? Are you jazzed? Are you psyched? Are you primed? Ready? Ready and raring to go? Are you ready to do it? Are you ready, buddy? Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Well, without any further ado, it's time once again for Money Versus. And now here is your host. Money Williams, take it away, buddy! And it's time to get your soul douched. What a fucking movie. Good lord. <laughs> Let's just jump. How, how are you? Just to touch it. So I've touched the 
This is the ultimate remake. I've seen it once. I didn't like it. You've got to do something else to get me back. Yeah, and now people are learning about like uh, about what the sequels would have been, and it would have been uh, Superman turning evil and. sounds fucking horrible, man. Like, I, I want superheroes. I don't want fucking Melrose Place. Yeah, 
You know? When I first sat down to watch the, the Snyder Cut, I said to myself, you know what would be funny? It's like, he works in Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Hilarious if Zack Snyder just becomes a parody of Zack Snyder and Flash is just there. Oh, can I run fast enough? And while he's running in slow motion, there was a secret chord. Hilarious that like Zack Snyder just becomes a parody of Zack Snyder. And then I sit through the four hour long movie and I'm like, oh, finally, I got to the end of credits. Finally. Movie's over. I guess I gotta sit through the credits. What if there's an after credits sequence or something? And hey, this song sounds familiar. What song is this that's playing? What song is. Oh my god, I was right! He plays Hallelujah during the end credits. Really? The Snyder guy. It's so hilarious. Oh god. Vacation and the 2015 
reboot Vacation starring Ed Helms and Christina Applegate, which was much dirtier than we were anticipating. But thankfully, I said, in my head, I loved the movie National Lampoon's Vacation as a kid, but that's because at that age, I probably saw the safety version. To be safe, we should probably leave the kids at home. I'm pretty sure that... Um, Exactly, I totally understand. And besides, if you if you know drive-ins, if you ever been to a drive-in, you know the fucking answer is fifty percent sawdust. Yes. <laughs> So in that in that consideration, yeah, pretty good. So I did a thing after Q uh, after QAnon Karen, and this is going to be the frost giant. He's now become a frost giant that Betty Braxton is going to have to fight in her opening scene, and. I, thought, I think he's coming out really pretty cool. I started animating him. I'm just going to do like just a little 10 second test animation of him just standing up. You know, he, he's got a... Huh? Yeah. Um... Battles the one frost giant. Oh, okay. But I'd like to think that, like, the head of the frost giants is just. Happy birthday! <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with that. It's a good idea for a frost giant. 
And I would imagine once the hat fell off of Frosty, it would take the rest of the Frost Giants a while to figure out what to do. Because they're not all that intelligent, at least not my version. Yeah. You know? So it was like, wasn't it something with the hat? I don't know. I think maybe it's, should we put the hat back on? I don't know if we should put the hat back on. What did we do the last time? We forgot what we did the last time. And by the time you put the hat back on to Frosty, and Frosty comes back to life to start commanding them again, everybody's forgotten the plan. So they've got to, like, start devising the plan again. <laughs> maybe, maybe, uh... Like they, they take the hat off of Frosty, and at first they're like uh, the monkeys, the guards, or whatever from the Wizard of Oz. You've saved us. You've saved us from from the evil Frosty. Thank you so much. Oh wait, have we been paid yet this week? We haven't. Oh well, my kid needs braces. Put the hat back on. <laughs> He's melted a little bit since then, and every time he melts, he gets a little bit dumber. Yeah. So eventually, like, he's really small, and he's like, You're right! Turn to the freaking frog's gay! Yeah, I, 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 the, the fucking jellies have hit. I, I mean, that's why I was so surprised when I got out here. Like, I went in the bedroom and I forgot to bring a device. I usually bring have a device where I watch the break, and I, I was already too high to even have accomplished that. Okay. And then I went in there, and I was just sitting there smoking a cigarette, and, you know, I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't scrolling through Facebook. I was just, like, in my head, you know? And then I smoked the cigarette, and I was like, which shows that I completely lost track of what I was doing. I was considering having another cigarette. And then I was like, holy fuck, I'm doing a show. I finished the cigarette. I have got to be late. And I, and it's like, and no matter what, I still have to go to the bathroom before starting the show again. So I was surprised when I got out here and the fucking break was still running. I I thought we had like five minutes of dead air. (laughs) I have a video idea. Much of YouTube anymore. Yeah. Uh, 
So it is set to premiere at something like 6 or 7 o'clock tonight, something like that, on YouTube. So we'll see. I've got over 3,000 haters over there. <laughs> All because of Kill Bill, which has had like a fucking million views. Oh, God. That's awesome. And it's and it's literally just a video that hate built, <laughs> and I like love it for that fucking reason. Yeah, Reverend um, Steve has a bunch of haters because of his fake commercial for. Uh, oh yeah. Why, why? Yeah. That's that's kind of my take. Like, fuck you and what you expected. The fuck am I, Kreskin? I should put here what you expected to find. You found something else. Grow the fuck up and get on with your fucking life. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Are you having fun yet? And I had posted that on the Kill Bill thread, like, how many times? Like, I'm just not interested in you whining because you clicked on a link that brought you to someplace you didn't expect. That's all you're doing. <laughs> I, tell, I tell my children, I, I told them that, like, if you want to know just the extent of... that I twirl my hand. That's a good indicator of how high I might be at any given time. Ah, okay. I was I was kind of thinking that. Well, like, if you see me and I'm listening to music, that's not a tell. But if you see me and I'm listening to music and my eyes are closed and my hands are just sort of twirling in the air. Ha <laughs> I'm sorry. Kids, then, like, just look for the hands. Just look for the hands. If you look like you are conjure, trying to conjure anything that you are thinking, you are probably high. Now, now that that has got to be hysterical if you put on the Snape costume. You know. 
So I think he's coming out pretty cool. He's got he's got a lot more work to the Frost Giant to go. You know, I'm just doing tests and throwing it out there to see how it looks. You know. Yes. Have you seen it? Do you not know what I'm talking about? This week was spring break for us, so it's been uh, a bit crazy. I see. So that's about it. I've just been playing with him, and I'm working on a little bit of an animation for him. Uh, just basically him standing up. I'm just having a little fun doing some tests with him now. The Frost Giant. And that's, that's about been the week. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm... You know, I'm really kind of hoping that I can quarantine for another year just to be on the safe side. You know? Yeah. Other than that, yeah, yeah. Uh, awesome. I've, 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 got a, I've got a really good shap this week. It's very short. Yes. Good stuff. I wanted it to be short so that we could get to the film. We got it. Yes, good. That's what I was thinking because we got a movie to talk about here. Yeah. <laughs> it is the absolute best. So in that case, let's hop on over there and get our chap on. Yes. So that has been Bunny Williams, Bunny Versus for this week. Self-adhesive tape? Wait! Wait! What? Something I was going to say earlier. In the beginning of the podcast, the, the video feed you put, uh, uh, featuring Reverend Steve, a.k.a. Mr. Steve, and Bunny Williams, a.k.a. nothing, you put Bob. Bob? Okay. Yeah. A.k.a. Bob's Dirty Shorts is what you should put there. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yes. Cool. That is a that is a good idea. That is a that is a good idea. I did not think of that. So until next week. Self-adhesive tape? Yes, please. And cut on that. Yes.
And she's got some band-aids there that won't rip her skin off. Okay. Well, wait a second. Let me. In that case, let me just shutter the window again. That's the easiest thing to look for. Oh no, it's Bunny Versus again. Oh no, it's coming back. Ah! And here we go. We're good. Yes. samples it's it's a lot of uh tube and, and microscope work of, of you know pick an animal i've seen its shit okay and forget about the samples of some of the shit crawling on these goddamn animals you know i mean forget crabs these are hideous looking creatures this is like like lovecraftian creatures being picked off the back of an emu yeah. you know but that's that's basically it dedication dedication thank you for informing the audience about this important job <laughs> yes somebody's got to do it Okay. 
not just any normal, boring Canadian wolves. We're talking hardcore Canadian wolves. Hockey playing Canadian wolves. Six pack abs Canadian wolves. Yeah. Working out at the wolf's gym. Staying ripped. Being prepared. Learning combat. Being prepared to fight. We're talking about the Rambos of Canadian wolves. Big buff. Hardcore wolves. Red bandana and six pack being sent to battle. Holding the helicopter gun Jesse Ventura used in Predator. Hardcore wolves and fight. Let me tell you, um, it doesn't happen a lot, but there are times when you have a difficult situation, a real uh, quandary, a dealing of a pickle of a jam, and the only solution to the situation, a bunch of Canadian wolves. <laughs> a lot of situations can be solved with Canadian wolves. Uh, oh, a rat infestation? Canadian wolves, boom, solve the problem. Are, you, are your kids giving you crap? Boom, bring some Canadian wolves into the house. Watch that sass go away real quick. Canadian wolves, they're the A-team of problems. talking about doing moose jaws. I don't know whatever happened to that. Yeah. So, so you got to monitor the deer population. Make sure it doesn't explode, and especially in the smaller towns of America, if you don't have someone monitoring things, well, things can turn south real quick. You know, like, for example, uh, speaking of moose jaws, did you know that the moose are part of the deer family, you've got to monitor the moose, too. Yes. Moose, because their numbers can explode just as bad as deer. Moose are apparently doing it all over the place. Every moose is like a Ron Jeremy. And no 
Nobody wants exploding moose around. So put a pin on that too. And this pin was brought to you by the National Pin Council. Pins. They pin things. And so now for the final pin, let's head on over to Lake Superior. Yes. Okay. Lake Superior. The world's largest lake in terms of surface area. It's 350 miles long. It's 1,332 feet deep. Lake Superior is home to the Isle Royale National Park. Established in 1940 and then protected from development in 1976. I thought that if you established a national park in 1940, then you didn't have to protect it from development after that because it's a national park. Okay. Hey, this is a national park. Let's put up McDonald's uh, and an amusement park. Oh, maybe we should protect it from development. But uh, there's a website for Isle Royale National Park. It's strikingly beautiful. It's got camping, backpacking, and a lodge that hopes to finally open back up this year. Hopefully in time for summer. Okay. So does everybody have their pins? Yes. Superior 
I think it was because of climate change, because climate change caused the wolf population to almost disappear. And it's like, oh, so because the wolf population disappeared because of global warming and climate change, it's just a wolf party. It's a moose party. <laughs> What's a national park to do? Well, as I said earlier about the A-team, sometimes... There's a problem, and no one else can help you. The only solution, Canadian wolves! Okay. Oh, and this is true. In March of 2019, four Canadian wolves were sent to the Isle Royale National Park to curb the exploding moose population. And to be clear, this was bad wording. Uh, these moose don't explode. Yes. Entire 
Instagram accounts devoted to the cats of Disneyland. And I find that adorable. And, and uh, so many people go to Disneyland, the people who name them, and there's names for the cats that live at Disneyland, and you can spot them and stuff, and you'll be going underground to go to the Indiana Jones ride, and you look up, and you're like, oh, and it's adorable. Basically, they did the same thing, except I don't think Walt Disney airdropped cats into Disneyland. <laughs> Although, now that I think about it, uh, hey, who makes sure that there's no rats around the railroad tracks of Disneyland? Oh, Who's going to make sure that Fantasyland stays magical? Take a break. Okay, I concur. We will be right back with more of the Pope on Film after this. Full backing track for it's called Insect Cities. 
and it's about uh, someone taking their clothes off at a park and then peeling off their skin. Cool. <laughs> anyway, okay, you guys are the redhead zombie crowd. You can you can handle that. Oh yeah. Or some of you are. Some of you may not be. I can't see. You took off your clothes in the middle of the grass, and like the fingers of the sun, the light held you in its grasp. You love the wind, you mumbled on a park bench. Holy Ghost and Holy Spirit, you mumbled like a godsend. The peeling backwards of your skin and the slow open of your ribs made the sound of soft wings and crumpled shirt sleeves. Time caps a letter held in between and dropped from hands that now know things, all now slip from memory. Scattered in the weeds grown around the family tree where the tendency runs and almost gallops, your words crashing endlessly into a cluttered pipe dream where you took off your clothes because they had become unclean. All this preconceived blood on your sleeve and there are needles in your fever dreams. There are fables in these secret things. Cry wolf and how screams be strengths as beauty sleeps. Petals fall as anthills dream. Insect cities just out of reach. Put some clothes on, let's be friends. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's me, Gabby, the fucking alien. You know what the difference between my generation and the current generation is? We weren't pussies. To show you evidence of this, I present to you Creepy Crawlers. Creepy Crawlers, Creepy Crawlers, Creepy Crawlers. You can make all kinds of lovely things like these with Mattel's wonderful thing maker. It makes creepy crawlers. You can make all kinds of bugs and snakes, dragons, worms and spiders. Look at that. Goop. Choose a mold, pour in the goop, heat it, and presto chango. You've got bugs. Squiggly, squiggly Hot bugs. Steel. It feels so soft and molten plastic and electricity. Charming lizard pins or spider rings. And that was an appropriate toy for young kids. After all, they are fun. Those were the days of the true brave at heart. Kids today, with their bicycle helmets, they know nothing about this. Nothing. They don't know how to live in a dangerous world. I weep for our future. Are you an evil supervillain in need of a nameless army? Then come on down to Nameless Henchman Warehouse. We are North America's leading supplier of nameless characterless thugs who all They're characterless, it doesn't matter when they die in battle, and that is the Nameless Henchman Warehouse Guarantee. Do you need an army to storm a mystical castle? Do you need a henchman to steal pages from an ancient tome? Or do you just want to defeat those pesky ninja turtles once and for all? Then come on down to the Nameless Henchman Warehouse off of Route 9 in Maine next to the Chicory Dog. New Henchman Warehouse. We send bad guys to death. On the outside, they seemed like the perfect Hollywood couple. 
My name is John Johnson, but everyone here calls me Vicky. Andre the Giant, we hardly knew ye. What's up, y'all? Bill McNeil saying there's a party all up in here and you need to get with the flow. Oh, yeah, Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor's got the heavyweight power, but you got the E-Arch to rip it up to some fat booty beats. Or just chill with the honeys. So get on the rocket and see the stars. Rocket Fuel Malt Liquor. Damn! The Erotic Adventures of Hercules. Close it up, close it up, close it up. You don't scare me. I got chunks of guys like you in my stool. Now this is something the other tour guides will tell you. Seasons came and changed the time. The murder of Phil Hartman. Dig your own grave and say. Have you ever heard the expression, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, and then toss it in the face of the person who gave you the lemons until they give you the oranges you asked for in the first place? In this particular cell block, Machine Gun Kelly had what we call in the prison system a bitch. And one night, in a jealous rage, Kelly took a makeshift knife, or shiv, and cut out the bitch's eyes. And somebody say, sassy! This way to the cafeteria! Champ Howard, today we mourn a stooge. Bryn pointed the gun at Phil and fired three shots. I should want to cook him a simple meal, but I shouldn't want to cut into him, to tear the flesh, to wear the flesh, to be born unto new worlds where his flesh becomes my key. And as if this wasn't enough retribution for Kelly, the next day he and four other inmates took turns pissing into the bitch's ocular cavity. That's Moments later, Bryn picked up a second gun and lay down next to the body of her husband. She held the weapon to her own head and pulled the trigger. A picture you won't ever forget, because it touches the full spectrum of the bizarre, the forbidden. The twilight areas of a life destined to be spent in shadow and agony. The screen may never again relate to this subject matter. It will certainly never again approach this treatment. Oh, you know all about them, huh? You don't even know their names. Now get them out of here. Look, Paul, why don't you just go on to bed or something? I promised to have them out of here first thing in the morning. I'm not taking them back on that road this time of night. Billy, I don't want to be unreasonable. But you know what happens to you when you get around women. And it must never happen again. It ain't gonna happen, Paul. I'm gonna go fix them something to eat, and I'll show them to the rooms. A child's world robbed of joy by a secret conspiracy of suspicion and fear, dwelling like a lodger in the mine insinuating its presence into every heartbeat, holding a black light to the dreams of childhood, forcing the will into blind canyons of loneliness and despair, a stolen life, pawned to a godless oblivion. 
only ones left to mourn, the last witnesses to the execution, suspended in time by a puppeteer with blood on his hands, little broken dolls that go on dancing after the music has stopped. Three. I'll be coming back. I'll be coming back for next week's episode. For next week's episode, you come back too. You come back now for eternity. Shadows falling, baby, we stand alone Out on the street, anybody, we need to come on And we got nothing to be guilty of I know, climbing in mountains Love? What? Movie trailers. <gasps> Me too! I like how they're little movies about another movie before a different movie. Sometimes I find myself watching a trailer for a movie while I'm watching a totally different movie. What? Me too! <laughs> Barb! What if we had a movie? What? <laughs> then we'd have to have a trailer. Oh, yes, listen. I wouldn't want to give anything away, though, about the movie. Me neither. Especially our faces. I can almost see our trailer now. And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Act three, buddy. Act three. Act three. Yes, buddy, my friend. It's time once again for all of us here at the Pope on Film podcast to casually stroll into our third and final act. And for the initiated after the third act is wherein we find in our eventual gather around to discussing our all new move that can be three zero calories on GMO all over again and unavailable and source to order now. Move on the week! And this week, we make up for the dangerous man 
Yes. Is a baby driver moment. Yeah, this is an incredible so, film. Yeah. Amazing movie. So, okay, so, um, first I want to talk about that trailer a little bit. So, in 2019, I was seeing three movies a week in movie theaters. Uh, my insane movie marathon went from December 2018 through all of 2019 and ended in March of 2020 along with basically all of society. Yes. Uh, and sidebar. Fucked <coughs> up is it that America said oh, we are living in this pandemic. We are in a lockdown. Times are hard. But let us praise the essential workers that are helping helping us get through this. Yes. The grocery store clerks, the cashiers, the fast food employees, the door dashers, the people who are getting us through this tough, difficult time. Uh, so see you. You are the true heroes. And those people said, well, thank you for the true words. Okay, fine. 
just one more, and that's it. Then I'm done. Okay, fine. Everyone, be sure and see my new James Bond film, No Time to Die, coming to theaters November 2019. Oh, wait, we're pushing that back? Great. Okay. Be sure and see my new James Bond film, No Time to Die, coming out February 2020. Oh, wait, that's getting pushed back? I mean, April 2020. Oh, wait, that's being pushed back? I mean, November 2020. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's being pushed back. I mean, April 2021. Oh, wait, that's being pushed back. I mean, October 2021. And that's true. Six different release dates. For no time to die. Daniel Craig is like, one more film, and that's it. But, like, he's been waiting to get this film done for almost two years. Yeah. It's going to be difficult. Like, I just want to have this movie come out, and then I'm done with James Bond, but it's just a movie that can't come out. Christopher Nolan? So, like, I feel really bad for Daniel Craig. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't feel very bad for whiny actors. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was one of the Yes. Like, no one knows 
Curiosity. Now you have my interest. Yeah. I think this movie may have to go into our round for holiday annual movie watching. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like Rock of Ages and Wizard of Oz and Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, I think we have to open up a new holiday. We may have to do that. Because we don't get through all those movies. I know, right? Yeah, you're right. (laughs) And I was really, really enjoying speculating about this movie coming up to it, because, like, really, a little out of my comfort zone could be good, could be trash, you know? And I was kind of thinking of, of different cast people like maybe Jane Lynch and Kathy McCarthy could make something like this interesting just going off of the title and the little information I have but I realized that I needed Jeannie to watch this with me I needed to have a female middle-aged Sherpa for this movie in case there are any rough spots. What? She was she was not wearing culottes. Uh, I don't own a pair of culottes. I know, and I started watching this movie, and man, it didn't take long to grab me. He was freaking laughing out loud. Yes. I mean, right off the bat, uh, a small Asian child on a bike delivering papers, lip-syncing to a Barbara Streisand song right there. You know something's up. Yeah. Yeah, you know something's up. And then when he turns into an evil henchman... Like a henchman. Was the suicide? Yes. And then she just drank that, and that was the suicide. Yeah. 
used to do that at the movie theater. 100% what got me. Yeah. From the well just I, I was just sitting back like okay so we've had a Barbara Streisand song and a paper boy and now we have an evil lair with a super villain complete with henchmen and a completely contrived evil plan Mosquitoes? What? Yeah, yeah. Evil mind controlling mosquitoes that have been to kill everyone in a small town, and she's got a layer and all of that, and that's like the first six minutes of the movie. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. I was like, how long have I been watching? Oh, holy fuck! I'm, I'm okay. I'm in. All in. I, I've I've got to see how these women function in this world now. <laughs> I was really worried about the end of the film because in my mind, if the film is weird and weird and weird and weird and weird throughout the entire film, then the end of the film has to 100% be at Casino Royale levels. He's some cops. Yeah. Like crazy, insane amounts. Yes. And they're 100% is. The end of this movie is. <laughs> yes. yes. I agree. Oh, McIntyre has never looked better. No, she hasn't. <laughs> she looked damn good. Yeah. She looked damn good. Why don't you tell us what the plot of this movie is? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we so we kinda covered the first six movie minutes of the movie, so we know that off the bat there's an evil lair. Um and immediately after that we see Barb and Star uh, sitting and talking uh, about just the, some of the funniest shit. Like, do do medieval people smell? <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Having a dream about having sex with the Pringles guy. Having a crush on Mr. Peanut. Plain. Having a crush on Mr. Peanut. Until it were revealed that they are employees of a furniture shop <laughs> sitting on a floor room, floor room model of a couch. They are not in their living room. They are not in their living room. But anyway, I think I'm covering this in too much detail. <laughs> they get fired from the store, not because the store is just closing. It's not their fault. Uh, and now they're lost in the world. They don't know what to do. A friend tells them about Vista Del Mar and how it is a soul douche. So Star decides to talk Barb into going to Vista Del Mar, which they do. Uh, 
Man, I was impressed with the musical number. <laughs> yes, I mean, this was a huge production musical number. On the surface, uh, having Christian Grey singing a musical number to seagulls on the beach doesn't sound like a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> hotel pretty much at the same time Barb and Star do um, and he is there to to fulfill the evil plot and like put the transmitter somewhere to summon the the killer mosquitoes something something like something that. something something yeah during the the seafood jam the big yearly seafood jam. Um, I absolutely need his book, How to Know That the Person You Love Loves You, even though they don't la act like it most of the time, by Vincent Bubbles. <laughs> so, right around here, it is revealed uh, the the Oh, this is going to take way too long. Reason for the evil plan, and it is because the evil was she also played by Catherine by by Catherine Wig. Yes, yes. Kristen Wig has two Christ parts in this. Okay, okay. Because I was looking at it for the damn longest time trying to figure out who the fuck she was, and goddamn it, she looks familiar. And I, <laughs> and I was like, I'm not, I'm not looking it up. I am not looking it up. But on the second run of the movie, I was like, I fucking give. I gotta look it up. And I was like, it's Kristen Wiig motherfuckers. <laughs> you did that same thing, but with uh, the henchman. And I was shocked to see that it was Christian Grey from the movie Fifty Shades of Grey, which we did forever ago podcast. And I never would have thought after watching the Fifty Shades of Grey movie man in anything. Yes. Anna. Because the women in Barb and Star are such typical suburban housewives type people that they definitely bought all of those books and read them. Oh god, yes. You know, so it just works. The casting is so great that the Christian Grey be in this comedy with these middle-aged housewives. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we we find out why the supervillain is a supervillain, 
and it was because of a very, very long medical name that came down to, she's an albino, basically. An incredibly long name. So she couldn't go out in the sun and all of her friends. Her daddy moved to Vista Del Mar and everybody at the school picked on her except she had one friend who was eaten by crocodiles. Uh, and then she never had another friend again. Uh, so that's why she hated everybody in... Vista Del Mar, and has dedicated her life to finding a way to kill all of them, and she has come up with disease-ridden mosquitoes. <laughs> Ta-da! What? So, Marvin, uh, yeah, evil mind-controlled mosquitoes. Yes. I had seen something about Bridesmaids when I was kind of cruising around for a little info. Yeah, yeah so the both of them wrote the movie Bridesmaids in 2011. That movie came out. It cost $32 million, and it made almost $300 million. It was nominated for two goddamn Oscars, and suddenly Hollywood cared about uh, making comedies for women. Yes. Let us let us also mention, before we forget, that this movie sets a bar high above any other movie in the use of pastels. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you think, you think that the Joker was going to show up. It's a very colorful film. Yes. A, a Florida that everybody thinks exists, but isn't really quite like that when you get there. <laughs> okay. Is that the mice from Cats? I was just like, suddenly she's 
Speaking to fucking mice playing string instruments. <laughs> yes. This is just a great movie, and it's a shame that the film was robbed of a big summertime movie release with a lot of press and commercials on TV and the stars appearing on talk shows and all of that stuff because no one is talking about this movie. It was snuck out like so many movies have during 2020 and 2021. People should be going to the theater and watching this, which they can, which sucks. I would have loved to have seen this with a big audience of people. Yes. Uh, yeah. like, like 2020 sucked, and this would have been a great antidote, you know? Yes. And it's a damn shame that this film was robbed of a big <coughs> studio type of summer release. Did you see the painting of the shark devouring someone? side joke I turned over to Jeannie and I said Tony Bahama and she was like Tommy Bahama I had one of his shirts and I was like that's a thing and that's uh, why I needed you on this film to be my Sherpa <laughs> well, me. and then I said I wonder how many of the shirts those people are wearing the clothes they're wearing are Tommy Bahama clothes Yes. Which is just like strange yeah. enough. Yeah, I 
took it right out. Yes. And a sexy Mr. Peanut. And the whole acid trip dancing and orgy and crazy. <laughs> yes. Talking club. Oh, yes. We should all have a talking club. Yes. And then throughout the movie, like once or twice or three times, you get a little tiny peek of what's happening at a talking club. Right, right. And I think some of the things around talking club have got to change. If that woman wants to talk about horses, give us a fucking break. Let her talk about horses. Inside Out wants to do is talk about horses, but it hasn't been from the jar yet. Yeah. And for Christ's sakes, So long. I, I know the character that you're talking about, but I can't picture her. She, she was short. She had kind of a New York accent. She had black hair. And she was sassy. And she knew, like, look, this is the price. If you want to go somewhere else, I'm going to be a mechanic here. What do you want? I'm doing my best. Yeah. Short little black haired. This was a surprise. This was a, a, a treasure. Everyone should see it immediately, as I've been posting. Yes. And they're not being sarcastic. Yeah, no. They're not being sarcastic. No, you guys aren't. Oh, it is oh. a good movie. For reals. And, and, and it's just a consistent laugh through the whole fucking thing. And we've left out the love story. Yeah, there's a whole love story in there. But you know what? Let people watch it. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. And it's a damn shame that it was robbed of its uh, movie theater release. 
This this is a this is a movie worth championing. Championing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For this week's movie. Next week, I'm going to try and continue the positivity seen something about it, but I don't know, no.